I could have killed them all. I could have killed you. Been telling you the law. Out here, it's me. Don't push it. Don't push it. I'll give you a war you won't believe. Let it go. Let it go. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. I'm Greg. Good afternoon. Week two slash one or three. Slash three. It's week three. Week three. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hang on. Wow. And this is May Madness. Madness, madness, madness. May Ah, yes, week three. Week three, we've done Terminator. We've done Batman. And now we're doing... <laughs> Can't get down there. <laughs> Can't do it. Can he do it? This is a... <laughs> I feel like you can do sly though. You've done it before. I think I've got to talk louder. Depends on the day. Yeah. yeah not, today, not today. I'm well, going to keep trying though. We chose the right movie for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm going to keep trying. We're doing First Blood. <laughs> we are doing First Blood. The AKA very first. Rambo 1. Yeah, very confusing stuff. Mm. Very confusing stuff. This is up there with how Mighty Ducks Part 1 in Australia was called The Champions. And there was probably two decades there where I was never quite sure if it was the same movie. Yeah. How dare they? How dare they? Thank God for the internet, I say. First Blood. First Blood Part 2, Rambo, Rambo 3, <laughs> Rambo, <laughs> doesn't, John and then Last Rambo. Blood, John then Last Blood, ah, it doesn't make any bloody sense. We're in franchise territory here, baby. We're in confusing franchise territory. Mm. Oh, but more on that in a minute because mm. uh, you need to take us back to the year first, Craig. Yeah, that's what we do. We contextualise the year that is film's year. <laughs> Yeah. 1982 was the year. Allow myself to introduce myself. 1982. <laughs> it was the year I introduced myself to the world mm. as I was born. Right. That's not what we're going to talk about though. Okay. We're going to talk about something that was invented in this year, the humble chicken McNugget. <gasps> That's right. That's nuggies, Lovely little nuggies were first... Tested in 1981, rolled out en masse, 83. So I've just sort of wedged 82 in the middle. Do they invent nuggets? I believe so. They were the first nuggets, McNuggets. That's my understanding from the literature I... I suppose based on a gold nugget of some sort, golden chicken nuggets. That's a good question. Also not up in my (laughs) research. But let's go with yes. I assume yes. Uh, So the story... I would have thought if you had said to me what era... Mm. Were the nuggies introduced? I would have been like, oh, like the 70s, 60s. Yeah. feels like a 70s thing, doesn't it? A yeah. nugget? Yeah. It's not. What do we do with all these leftover chicken beaks? Yeah, well, that's how the story goes. Um, one of Macca's main food suppliers uh, who supplied all their beef was like, you guys need some chicken. Mm. Not just any chicken, boneless little hand pieces of chicken. <laughs> so McDonald's hired some world-renowned chef 
a Frenchman named René Ahayen. Ah, did he invent French fries also? He had cooked for – that's a good question. Probably not. <laughs> he, I think he's from the same group. Right. The fries people. Yeah. It all comes back to France, obviously. Mm. Went through countless designs. They've got like four, four – Oh, they got four shapes. That's yeah. right. What have they got? The boot. The boot. That's all I remember. There's like a dumbbell or a cowbell. It's a, <laughs> a bell. A cir- it's a bell. Maybe it's a bell. Bell. A bell. Let's go with bell. <laughs> Cir- old circly. Circly dirkly, yeah. Uh, what's the fourth one? The bow tie. Ah, the bow tie. The humble bow tie. Anyway, nuggets are pretty delicious. Nuggets are good. I wonder what point sweet and sour sauce got in there. Well, I think been, it was there from the beginning. Yeah, because that's part of it. That's part of it, really. So I understand four shapes, also like four sauces at release. But why don't we let Maccas tell us about it? Mm, good idea, Greg. Introducing Chicken McNuggets. McDonald's new McNuggets. A McNugget is a boneless chunk of tender, tasty chicken with four kinds of sauce to choose, especially for dipping. Barbecue. Sweet and sour. Because you deserve a break today. Wow. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, much simpler time for advertising. How, how easy would it be to work? They romanticise all this Mad Men bullshit, but the reality is you make an ads back there, you just it's jingles, it's easy. Slow, slow close-ups of the food. Yeah, the nuggets sell themselves. A range of demographics, so you're appealing to a large base. Mm. It just well for the for those that can't see the podcast currently, there was a, a young boy, there was some elderly, there was some middle age. Mm. Get someone that listens to Marvin Gaye to write the jingle, mm-hmm. and you're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Or just use Smokey Robinson's greatest hits as your campaign for about a decade or two. Yeah, did they do that? Hungry Jacks, remember? Oh, yeah, they were all Smokey Robinson songs. Did they, were, there, were there Nugget Wars at some point? I imagine so. Don't, I don't know. Look, that was, don't have a lot of detail. I know everyone likes chicken McNuggets, the McNuggets, um, the McDonald's variety. They're I, crispier. I know where you're going here. Go but on. I like the flavour of the KFC nuggets. Yeah. If they, were, if they could collaborate, oh. the flavour with the crunch, oh, man. Yeah. That's what the world needs right now. Some nugget, nuggy collab. Yeah. Coming together of these two, you know, it's like the Capulets and the Montagues. Mm, really And is. the nuggets are Romeo and Juliet. Mm, and they just want... To love. And this and uh, Basil Lerman is the sweet and sour sauce. Maccas, this was an unpaid discussion of one of their products. But we're happy to be paid moving forward. In yeah. nuggets, perhaps. I would accept that. I would accept that. Oh, 1982, what a year. <laughs> big year for McNuggets. Big year for sweet and sour sauce. Big year for movies. What have we got? Oh, man, it's fucking big ones. The biggest we, movie in the world that we, year. Have we done much of this? We have. We did Tron, but I don't think we've done many more than that. Yeah. Uh, Tootsie came out. That was number two. Number, the biggest movie in the world, though, was E.T. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gandhi was this year. Mm. This is the back-to-back, though, of uh, the number five and number six films in the world were First Blood and Rocky Three. So <laughs> Flying. He's flying. Fucking flying, Chop. He's flying. Yeah. Porky's came out this year too. 
Conan the Barbarian, 48 Hours, The Dark Crystal, Blade Runner. What a big fucking year, but we're not here to talk about any of those. We're here to talk about... Who's good? First Blood came out in October of 1982 with a budget of $15 million. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to amp myself up. Oh, I feel like Sorry, Grace. I don't think I'm up. bringing enough. I'm not bringing enough. <laughs> You're going to tucker yourself out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, a budget of $15 million with a gross of 100 Now He's trapped in a glass cube, it looks like. Return of $125.2 million. Excuse me for a second. Wow. Keep going. Are you ready for a big wow? Because for the first time in Double Impact history, mm-hmm. I think, critics and audiences agree on Rotten Tomatoes, both giving this film 85%. 85%. I 85%. actually didn't. I like not to look. Yeah. This is one of my favourite <laughs> parts of, it's like a drum roll, please. Yeah. Drrr. Oh, wrong. Oh, that, oh, that was <laughs> that a drum roll. I pressed the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, and I find th- things, it's fascinating. Sorry. It Continue. is fascinating. Critical consensus, much darker and more sensitive than the sequels it spawned. Mm. First Blood is a thrilling survival adventure that takes full advantage of Sylvester Stallone's acting skills. Mm. And I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with any of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you were born the same year that this film was born. Yeah. When did you first watch it? So, interestingly, I have a vague memory of being a young kid coming out of, I used to, you know, leave my bed as my son does now, very annoyingly, and like sneak into the living room and kind of go, no, Dad, I'm not tired. Uh. Um, put me back in bed, uh, read me a story, pat my back, etc. cetera. Um, right. And I just have a vague memory of going out there one time and seeing the scene where Rambo's on the cliff. And right. I've just got a rough memory of that and having a rough memory of Ryan Dennehy, but he's in the helicopter, so I've obviously jumbled it a bit. Yeah. So I have a very early memory of it. I don't know when that would be. Let's. I reckon I was probably about four years old. Hmm. But I didn't really ever see it. And my early memory of it was watching it and thinking, oh, this is not as action-y as I would like. Yeah. And being kind of underwhelmed by it. You would have been pretty young at that point, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah, I would have been, I don't know, early teens or something. Yeah. At a, an age where you're, you're action-starved and you're more looking for American Ninja. And a similar, you know, you're more interested in, Terminator 2 than Terminator 1. Yeah, totally, first, exactly. First Blood 2 versus First Blood 1. It's, it's the it's, same it's, kind of thing. It's very astute of you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, I was going to say I had a similar thing, maybe not as similar, but I definitely – Okay. The, Rambo 2 was the – well, First Blood 2, Rambo. Let's just say – we're going to say Rambo 2 moving forward. Let's go Rambo 2. <laughs> that was the entry point for me. Yeah, okay. And because of the unconventional – naming decisions through the franchise. I think <laughs> I just didn't know that there was this movie for a ah, while. Okay. Or I just had them all jumbled. I don't yeah. really know. Like this was just on a lot. Or Rambo 2 was on a lot at Jono's house. Like yeah. he was a big fan. So I'd watched that probably three as well and it was just like, oh, yeah, Rambo, Rambo, Rambo. Yeah. Not really. Just blowing shit up. Yeah, not really considering that there was a more nuanced <laughs> mm. first one. Um, so for a long time, I mean, eventually I'm sure I probably heard of it but never Oh, you Rambo, I know those movies, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but it was definitely big. As a character, it was big. 
Like Jono had a Rambo knife, oh, like yeah. a plastic one. But it I was, got a bit on the Rambo knives yeah, later. Yeah, that was, that was a big deal. It was. <laughs> big fucking I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. And, You've um, answered it. <laughs> it was a big deal. And then I didn't see this movie until I think it was in my 20s when friend of the show, Hugo, I think I was living with him at the point and he had it on DVD and he's like, no, 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 the first one seems different. you got to watch it. You haven't seen First Blood? I can picture this yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. You might have even been there. <laughs> and so I watched I think we watched it together and I was like, oh, yeah, this is fucking great. This is great. And then since then it's kind of become one of those go-to movies like Rocky oh, okay, okay. where you're like if someone's not respecting Stallone, you go, oh, hold on a second. Or someone, <laughs> actually <laughs> the first Rambo is uh, it's really something. Yeah. 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 Ramp- uh, and Rocky one, you know, the, and Copland, you know, it's in the mix as those movies of actually you may be surprised Stallone's actually – Mm-hmm. I've decided he's kind of the the Adam Sandler of the lap pack. It's nice where he can do these things. He's got this other gear where he can do these things. He just doesn't. He just doesn't choose to do it very often. Well, I mean, that, we'd probably talk about it more, but that was, I guess, his first gear for. Like that was his thing. Exactly. We've talked about it on something else where because when I you know going through film student Tristan era, I went back and watched Rocky One. I hadn't watched this yet, but I was I, my respect for the man grew. And there were special features on the Rocky DVD showing the, the press at the time and that kind of thing. And it's like the next Al Pacino. And, and if you look at it, you know, this is pre-Cobra. If you look at it, you've got, <laughs> you got Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. you got this and there's a couple others that were critically well received mm. where he is, yeah, you're right, he, he's staying in that lane. And it's like, oh, this, is, this guy's something. But then I guess he got his taste of blood in this one and then just went off the rails. Taste of manis? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Don't know. I don't know, and not even off the rail. It's, it's, well, he just went a, from a he went from an actor to a movie star kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It's a fascinating this movie in particular as sort of that pivot point, not just for him but for action movies moving forward. Even though this is in many ways an anti-action movie, which we'll get into, I guess. But it's just fascinating mm-hmm. that the the, the, the was it was it like a turning point happening off the back of this movie, which would you know. Change the history of time. Change the course of history maybe yeah. perhaps uh, is a better well, way to say Well, you don't want to downplay it. Yeah. Should I get into the origin story? Oh, yeah. Origin story. First Blood is based on a book, Greg, a book called First Blood. Okay. By David Morrill. Yeah, Mr. Morrill. Came out in 1972. I think his friends call him Moz. They would. Now, Moz was a, a writing teacher. Well, he was a writer and a writing teacher, I suppose. You've got, you got to pay the bills, am I right? Pay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe we should become podcast teachers. Who will we teach? I don't know. People with low expectations. Mm. Um, and he actually, so he, he's a writing teacher. He has a bunch of students who have just returned back from the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And he has some experiences with these students that would go on to inspire this very book. I had students just back from Vietnam who had a whole lot of trouble accepting me as an authority figure. Uh, Many of them were younger than I was. And what gives you the right to tell us what to do when we've been over there risking our life 
for our country. So uh, I used to hang around after class to talk to them to try to understand what was going on in their minds. They would tell me about how they had trouble sleeping, how they had nightmares, how if they heard backfires or loud noises, it wasn't uncommon for some of them to dive to the pavement. It was then I began to learn about certain uh, behavior patterns that we now call post-trauma stress. And I thought what I would do was write a novel which was about a version of the students who might had. This best boss, you guys have a book mm. about party down at Barnes and Noble. Mm. Okay. Um, hey, the book was very well received, Greg. Oh yeah, yeah, very much. Did so. it receive the Booker? Uh, the annual uh, at the bookies. <laughs> the Man Booker. It's an actual thing. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a Gregism. The Man Booker Prize. You nah. know? Oh man, I'm a movie guy. Uh, sometimes I'm a bit learned. <laughs> Let's call it the bookies. <laughs> the bookies. Just for consistency. It swept the bookies that year, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Needless to say, it was uh, people were seeing potential for this book on the big screen. Mm. Oh, yeah. From the pages I bet. It to le- the screen. The story leapt off the page. I leapt think off the page. It's a 70s man, a dark and gritty anti-hero. Yeah. Keep going. We love this shit. We love this shit. But the first was not actually a zoo. It was a Cuban-Italian actor named Tomas Milian. Don't know him. No, I'd never heard of him. He wanted to star in it, but he couldn't get Italian producers on board. Um, so that was kind of a fail. Although later on he did end up calling himself Rambo and in some other movie he made he called his character Rambo. Oh, that yeah. Italian guy. Well, <laughs> he deserves it. Why not? He has every right. But it's crazy. I mean, it was hot property. He wasn't the only one interested. In fact... Uh, old Moz ended up selling this the same uh-huh. year the book came out. So 1972, he sold it to Columbia Pictures. They then quickly did he get the uh, did he get that sweet uh, I don't know basic how much he made. money. Probably not. I wonder Think how much he got. That's I don't know. Some Sharon Stone money. <laughs> didn't make sense. Well, so he sold it to Columbia, and then they sold it to Warner Brothers, and um, then it kind of got stuck in development oh. hell for like ten years. And um, at some point, you know, it went through wow. various iterations, 18 screenplays or so. Um, director Ted Kotcheff was brought in at some point to direct. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Teddy. We know him from Weekend at Bernie's. Yes. And we'll, we'll talk about some of the similar themes ah, in his work. Interesting. <laughs> um, he's done a, he had done a lot of movies up until this point that I've never heard of and maybe my ignorance is showing. Not quite my era um, for films. Anyway, he's involved, then it gets canned again, so it's still in this. It hasn't quite crawled out of de- development hell just yet, but enter Mario Casa and Andrew Vanya. Mario Casa we've talked about before, if you recall, a few times, most recently on Terminator 2, but we'll come back to that. They wanted to be in the Ted Kotcheff business, and they're like, hey, you want to make a movie? Let's make a movie together. Uh, their producers, what do you got? And he says, oh. First blood, baby. And he, funny you ask. Yeah, and he did the blood signal with his hands. Uh, this one you, I prepared earlier. Yeah. Oh, you're good at that. Now, as I alluded to, we talked about Mario Casa before, mm-hmm. and both of us were like, "Yeah, I don't really know who he is. The name sounds familiar. I think we talked about him on that other movie." And I've just connected the dots, Greg, because Terminator Two, this movie, Total Recall. Yeah. What's the first logo you see? Starts with a C. Carol Co. Baby. And Carol Co. And you know that it's a good movie. Oh, when you know Carol you're in for a couple of good hours there. It's Mr. Carol Co. That's right, man. Yeah. Of course, it was staring us right in the face. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm unimpressed with our pod detective work for not picking this up sooner. People are probably listening, going, "Yeah, fucking idiots." We just, we need a whiteboard. 
And and those, I want I've got this vague infographic, this yeah, net of de- yeah. connected dots happening. Can we brief that? Yeah, to some, I was thinking that. I, honestly, I nearly Googled like infographic generator before because I was like, this this thing here. Mm. You got the casters, you got the you got the uh those guys. I forgot everyone else's names. Manaheim <laughs> Locklick. Yeah, you got Golan over there. Golem's in there. Um with Cannon. Jim, um, Jimmy Cameron. You got Jimmy Cameron over there. Joel Silver. You oh. got Joel Silver over there. God. There's there's interconnectedness. It's Hollywood, baby. It's Hollywood. Hollywood. This was their first big movie. They had done movies before, but they were very small this stuff overseas. It. They were like in their twenties or something at this point. God. This was a big fucking Damn. movie. What a what a couple of pioneers. Yeah, and so they obviously they've uh, they've they've got Kotcheff in, um, and they very quickly get Stallone involved. Ooh, they do. And you know, people wanted to be in the Stallone business at this point. He hadn't made Cobra yet, and and that being the case. <laughs> You know, the <laughs> it's post Rocky Savage. One and Two. <laughs> it's post Rocky One and Two. Yep. Stallone's got some clout. Mm-hmm. And he has you some rewrites. You would say he's on the up. He's on the up and up, even, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Up actually. and up and up. That's a good point. Three ups. I'll give it three ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has some rewrites. And what I have not mentioned at this point is in the book and in the earlier scripts, there's a lot of killing. And, uh, oh, yeah. and Rambo himself. Uh, would die in the end. Yeah. Stallone has some rewrites. He knows what audience want to see. And he yeah. says, I ain't killing no one and I ain't dying. Yeah. No killing, no dying. No women, no kids. <laughs> exactly. So he's he's involved, but, you know, the 10 years of development hell and there's some challenges along the way. He's, he's actually losing interest himself. He's worried this is a cursed project. Mm, well, to date, it was. It was, right? 10 and, years. Yeah. Since that Book slash movie bit was sold. It's it's been a long time, and and Mario Cass is like, that's fair enough. Why don't you just stay on and finish writing it? Because we're like, we're going with this. And by the time he finished writing it, he's like, I got a book. Yeah, he he fell in love with John. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he's in. He was John. He was John. He became him. You know, he got inside the psyche. But to get it financed, because these guys are still pretty small time, Carol Co. And Mario Casa couldn't get it financed and so he actually <laughs> got the money from his godfather or father-in-law or something who was a banker in France. <laughs> <laughs> Paris, France? Yeah. And he borrowed $18 million. I don't have a god- that was the, I, exactly, godfather I, or uncle. I read that and as I started to write it in my notes, I was like, wait, that's, that's insane. <laughs> it's a sweet hookup. Yeah, man. And that's the other end. Of, that's the top end of town, Tristan. And he's got the father. It sounds, I mean, I'm sure he's obviously simplifying the story, but he says something like, you know, and he asked me, are you good for it? And I said, yes, of course, it'll be fine. He said there was a, ter- <laughs> there was a, there was a, an industry term. He's like, has it got, have you got, yeah. X? like, is he, are you going to recoup it? Yeah. Well, I don't know how that, there was a particular phrase he yeah. used that I didn't know. It's bullshit. Bullshit. Maybe I've got a French godfather somewhere. Somewhere. I don't think I have a godfather. I like to believe we all do. I had two. I have one left, one done. Oh. They're excellent. They're Damn. excellent. Very, I have a very high caliber of Godfather. I don't have one. You got two and I don't have one? Yeah, sorry, man. I really. You took my Godfather. Maybe. It's bullshit. I got Don and Greg. I'm named after one of my Godfathers. Whoa. Whoa. That's, I'm missing out. There's a whole dimension of you should hear family his love that I'm missing. Really? It's a very fine voice. Fine voice. Like singing? Like talking. Like a laugh one Shout out. Shout out. 
Now, looking at casting, this one's got some juicy precasties. Um, you know, earlier days when it was more in development hell before they got just alone, they were considering a Steve McQueen type. Too okay. old. Bit too old. Um, <laughs> for the sheriff, they were looking at Gene Hackman or Robert oh, Duvall. Oh, there they. Well, hey. They're no Brian Nobody Dennehy. fucks with Dennehy. No but one fucks with the B man. But they, that's not bad. Good. Yeah, they would have like, been good. Gene Hackman's an asshole. He's a good asshole. As an actor. He could have been the Lex Luthor to Stallone's Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well played. Yeah. Kirk Douglas was actually hired to play Colonel Troutman. He was on set. Yeah. But he wanted to make some rewrites. He also liked a rewrite apparently. Yeah, he had some clout. He had more clout internationally. The poster, the international poster they mocked up was him. Yeah, Kirk Douglas as the third lead. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Fucking Tent- Tontman. Troutman. Troutman. Like Troutman. Roger Troutman. I'm a Troutman, oh. goddammit. Um, but yeah, Kirk Douglas wanted to make rewrites. They couldn't agree and he left. He is a very uh, opinionated guy and we laugh about this all the time that he basically accepted the script and then rewrote it and not a bad they did a good job but it it wasn't what we had agreed to do he goes no no no, rambo must die rambo must die i said i understand that but not in this movie i just don't think it should be done it said it sends out the wrong message i mean every vietnam vet who sees this goes oh the only solution is that Death is only the only thing that awaits us at the end of the, the tunnel, and I don't think that's the right way to do it. He goes, yes, but it's artistic. I saw him years later, and he goes, you know what? My way was still the better way, Sly. It was artistic, but then again, it would have cost you about a billion dollars, so, so maybe I'm wrong. If you listen to me, you would have been broke, but politically and artistically correct. This is interesting. We can talk more about whether we think he should have lived or died. Yeah, but, it's, a, um, it's a good talking point. I, I, I like Sly's rationale there. It's a, it's how do you argue with that? Yeah, yeah, I do like that. How do you argue with that? It's hard to argue with. Um, I never want to argue with Sly. Oh, so he's out. They wanted to get Rock Hudson, couldn't do it. He was in hospital or something. Who's Rock Hudson? He was like the first gay man. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, he was the first, um, like, Hollywood gay man. That's, that's only all I know about him. He, he was a big movie star. I know the name. And he came out as gay at some point, like, much later. Oh, he's very, I mean, he's, very handsome. Yeah, yeah, he's a stud. Oof. Um, but, yeah, very important figure. Good on you, Rock. Yeah, good on you. Um, so they couldn't get him. They ended up with Richard Krenner. Ended up with Richard Krenner. Richard Krenner. The Kren Man. The Kren Man. Kren Krenny. So you got Krenny, Stallone and Brian Dennehy rounding out the trifecta. Beautiful. Beautiful. What a match made in heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or was it? Because, damn, the thing was uh, kind of a piece of junk in the beginning. They had a three and a half hour cut and it was a stinker. Oh. It was a stinker. Stallone wanted to buy the movie and destroy it because he thought it was going to ruin his career. Apparently... Uh, what saved it was they had to make this super short version. I think they were screening, you know, something for distributors or something. I don't know. But it had to be super short, like 40 minutes or something. And in watching that version, Sloan was like, oh, wait, this is kind of good. What if we just cut this thing in fucking half, cut out like almost all of my dialogue? He had cheesy one-liners in there and shit. Like um, right. like he killed an owl or something and said, dude, dude, you Mouse-eating motherfucker, you know, some bullshit. Because he does like a cheesy one-liner. He does. He loves them. Yeah, and so interesting was he wanted to cut them out. He does love a dad joke. 
Um, Which is endearing, but I, I think it would have been awful in this film. Awful. Less is more. Less is more. Rambo uh, doesn't have time for dad jokes. He certainly doesn't. He's, he's just trying to survive, man. And, yeah, I mean it, it undercuts the whole fucking point of the movie a little bit. It's like the sequels. <laughs> but um, he's like, oh, okay, this is doable. So they make this edit down to 90 minutes and they're like, fuck, this is a good movie. We've made yeah. something special here. And the world agreed. Critics agreed. Mm-hmm. Audiences agreed. Bish, bash, bosh. You got yourself a movie rap party down at the old uh, Hope Precinct. Down at Hope Precinct. Is that what it was? Hope. Hope Washington Diner. Yeah, I was trying to think of the town name. It's Hope Washington in the film. Yeah, right. And it's Hope Canada. So Hope Canada. Oh, it was Hope shot Ontario. In, in yeah, Canada. It's shot in Canada. Yeah. Oh, hey. Let's play the trailer. John Rambo, a drifter. Just passing through their town. Morning. Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction. Huh? You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. Starting to dislike you. A lot. And they didn't give a damn. That's okay, Warren. Don't worry about the soap. He's tough. Just shave him. Crack. Don't move. I don't want you to cut your own throat. John Rambo. One man who's been pushed too far. You're finished! You've gone as far as you're gonna go! And straight for the top. <laughs> right on top of him. There's no way out of here except through us. He was hunted. Trapped. There he is! On the cliff! And forced to fight back. Don't push it. Don't push it. I'll give you a war you won't believe. Teasel, you and all your men couldn't handle him before. Now, what makes you think you can handle him now? Because God knows what damage he's prepared to do. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare. Are you telling me that 200 men against your boy is a no-win situation for us? You send that money, don't forget one thing. A good supply of body bags. Sylvester Stallone. This time, he's fighting for his life. First blood. Wasn't, wouldn't he always been fighting for his... I just... I think it's a Rocky reference. Ah. Uh, I just noticed that. Yeah. Because yeah. Rambo would have been fighting for his life the whole time because he's been at war. Oh, uh, yeah. But versus fighting for Adrian. Yeah. 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 And Mickey. Mickey. Um... That was a pretty good trailer, Craig. You got Don LaFontaine in there. Um, uh, but, you know, this is an old movie. A lot of our listeners may not have uh, watched yeah. it in a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe they could do a little recap of what went down in the little plot there. Yeah, sure. Um, so we open up to a misty mountain mm-hmm. scene. We're introduced to a highwayman. Yeah. A... Journeyman, mm. a real James Dean type. 
interesting. Drifting. More of a Stallone type. <laughs> More of a Stallone type. <laughs> yeah. He's got a face that's seen some things. He's got sad eyes. This performance is all his eyes, man. We don't know what they've seen. Large eyes and eyebrows. Yeah, they've seen things. They're, 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 they're involved in this. Man. He checks on a friend. His friend is deceased. Agent Orange gave him the big C. Yeah. A little bit extra of dagger jammed in his heart. Yeah. He continues down the highway, heading for a small town, coincidentally named Hope. Mm. That's the twist of the knife, isn't it? John is intersected by a smart Alec Lawman. Yeah. Offers him a ride. Mm. Asks him all kinds of questions. What are you doing here? Mm. Very passive-aggressive. Yeah. Asks where he can eat. He says, there's a diner 60 miles, 30 miles out of town. That's 60 kilometres-ish. Ish, give or take. It's quite far. It's far. It's not close. If you're hungry and someone tells you the nearest place to eat is 60 k's away. There's going to be at least two Maccas between here and there. Oh, many. Yeah. Many. Many McNuts. Please around here, I can get some big nuggets. I really like the bell ones. <laughs> Six bells, please. See, he was being difficult. He was. Difficult bastard. Next minute, the guy arrests him because he starts walking back into town after getting dropped off on the outskirts. Yeah. They take him down the station, book him for vagrancy, book him for loitering, book him for disturbing the peace, perhaps. I can't remember. Va- va- yeah. Vagrancy was definitely. That was the big one. And uh, you know what? They treat him pretty badly in there. Starts getting flashbacks to his time in... Yeah. Nam. Deep. Yeah. Deep in Nam. Mm. And he has this... He snaps. Mm. And he breaks out of there, maiming a few of them on the way. Yeah. Heads to the woods, which are on the outskirt of Hope, because Hope's on the woods. Mm. It's chased. And then... They basically chase him, hunt him down. He kind of cool to kills them all. Doesn't, and uh, it's pretty pretty emotional. Yeah, it's fucking emotional. And then they helicopter in his old sergeant from the wars. Yeah, he's trying to reason with him, and he doesn't die. Yeah, he doesn't die. He does not die. He doesn't. Die. Hence Rambo two, three, four, and five. <laughs> As always, Greg, well surmised, well surmised. But how was the rewatch? I loved it. Yeah, man. I, um, yeah, like I, we'll talk more through it, but yeah, look, high level, I loved it. Um, I thought Salome was awesome. So awesome. So awesome. And I've said before, I think, that uh, out of the lap pack, you know, uh, Salome's the every man underdog thing, and uh, Arnie's the, the, I don't know, what is he? Terminator. The Terminator. And, uh, and it was JCVD that had the, the heart yeah. and the emotion, but I now I, I had to rethink that because yeah. this is this is a side we don't get as often. And like I, I always thought, Rocky one was his mm. his flash in the pan. I mean, it's hard to call it that, but yeah. like Rocky one was his sort of signature. Um, that's art his, piece. Yeah, that's his, and that's his go to. Like yeah, I'm acting. I did Rocky one. I got yeah. it's an academy, and he mumbles through that whole movie, and this has got barely any dialogue. Yeah. The um, secret is don't speak. Yeah. Just let those eyes do the work. The eyes, man. Well, it's interesting too because 
it was three and a half hour cut with a lot more dialogue. I guess it's, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a, sh- a shit performance that they fix, but it is interesting to think about that, that it's almost, I guess it's like this podcast. <laughs> all cream. It's all fixed in editing. It's um, all cream. Um, but yeah, agree, man. And and the more, I liked it when I was watching it, but then the more I reflected on it, the more I liked it. Okay. Like more and more. Uh, oh, more happened in this movie than I remembered because they, about half, yeah, more. <laughs> because halfway through when he gets Dennehy with the knife, he let it go. Yeah. You're yeah. lying down, here it's me. And uh, I thought, oh, wait, this is halfway through the movie. I, this is all I could remember of the movie almost. I mean, I know that there was a bit more of a dramatic ending than that, but I thought, oh, the ending's happening in the next 10 minutes or something. But it was yeah. halfway through the movie. So I forgot that it escalates so much. Yeah, and then it ends up in town. Because I kept telling myself, you know, the first one's a lot, a lot, it's a lot smaller, this movie. It's a lot smaller. And so I was thinking that's small where it's just like, you know, mm. the five guys that work in the police department. But then, of course, it gets bigger and bigger. It's downtown. Then it gets, yeah. Well, they call in the whole fucking National Guard yeah. of these part-timers, which is pretty hilarious. That's pretty cool. They're cool. I think that that's one of the main things I loved about it was just the characters. Because Dennehy himself, I think a lot of his stuff got cut. So I think, I think there might have been more that gave you some sense as to why, why he was being a, such yeah. an asshole. What made him tick? Yeah, but um, but even even so, I still found him a very interesting and believable character as such a total, total asshole. Like you know, there's types where it's like, you know, that they know they're wrong, but they still double down because mm. it's like they just can't let it go. Yeah, and he's really. Doing I feel that. like we know that person. Yeah. And he's, you know, he thinks he's the king of this town. Yeah. And he's, he's losing grip but he's like won't Not just. Letting go. He has multiple opportunities to just like Manage let it go. It. Yeah. Every time. Doubles. Doubles down. Doubles hit me. down. Hit me. Yeah, hit me. You have 17, <laughs> sir. Hit me. 20. Hit me. <laughs> 25. Hit me. <laughs> exactly. Strong analogy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so him, obviously Rambo would talk more about. And then these these National Guard people mm-hmm. that are like. I've got to go, go, <laughs> go to the shop. i got to go. All right, Steve. Yo. I want you and Bruce, head around these trees, go to the front of that mine. Screw that, Clinton. I ain't going up there. No way. Raymond. What? I want you to go into that mine. Oh, not me. What do you mean, not me? Look, I do this part-time. I didn't come here to get killed. Now he's probably in there just waiting for us. What's wrong with you, Clinton? Christ, what a mess. Gonna have to dig his body out of there right away. Um, I mean, you can't get a dozer up here. You're gonna have to find somebody to dig him out. Well, it's your mess, Clinton. You clean it up. Will, come on. I gotta be back at the drugstore tomorrow. And you better get started right away, Clinton. <laughs> They're just like... Guys off the street. Hilarious. Oh, Part-timers. Yeah, there's like this... Almost Coen Brothers esqueness to them. Yeah, it's a, yeah, of like these a funny, quirky characters, almost bordering on Harry and Marv a little bit in terms of like just being terrible at trying to catch this guy. Mm, mm. <laughs> at one point, you almost expect Stallone to stick his head out and say, "You're gonna give up, or you're thirsty for more." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it made my plateau disappear. There you go. He's got the eyebrows to do the raise. Yeah. I made my standard that disappeared. Oh. And it's dark. It's a dark movie, Greg. It's it's, it's astute of me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you can't call yourself astute, can you? Sure, sure. You can. Hey, 
You're the co-host of a podcast slash producer. <laughs> you can call yourself whatever you we want. We make up the rules. That's right. We're creators. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the opening scene. As you mentioned in your synopsis, I forgot how he, he seems like almost happy and hopeful, dare I say it. Like yeah. he was smiling. Yeah. Birds were chirping. Birds kids were are chirping. playing. He's going to see his one last mate. Yeah. They're going to have Christmas. It was Christmas, you know. So were, oh. I guess they're going to have Christmas together. Oh. And then it's just, and having, of course, already seen this, seeing that, knowing where it's going to go, it just makes it hurts Twist. your heart more. On that, yeah. he was out of, he'd been out of the war for seven years at this point. Yeah, right. So where'd he been? Fucking we couldn't get a job and shit, he guess. Yeah. He says in seven years is a long time to, you know, kind of have nothing. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's fucking heavy stuff. Um, Caruso's in there. <laughs> <laughs> in his most likable role, perhaps. Well, have you seen Kiss of Death? <laughs> no. You haven't? No. Oh, we should totally do that. I haven't seen him outside of it as for you. So Kiss of Death, I no, no, think, I could be wrong, I think it was his like. The breakout. His breakout role. So yeah. he plays a cop who is going after a the son of a kingpin who's like leading the show. Oh, yeah. Who is played by one other, none other than Nicolas Cage. Hey. As a bad guy. Like like this that. gangster bad guy. And his wife's Helen Hunt. She's in a car crash. Come if she dies. And he goes undercover and becomes mates with Nicolas Cage. Oh. But he obviously didn't, it didn't go anywhere. Like he, he didn't. Well, like, he has a whole thing where he, um, he was too big for his booties. Ah, was he yeah. a jerk? Yeah, he was a jerk. He's not liked. I can't remember the specifics, but something happened. He was, because he was no longer on his own TV show. Because he was on CSI or whatever. And um, I think he, you oh, know, was like. Oh, he didn't say yes, he was too big for his boots. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, he was massive then. He was Horatio. But that's, he's not even on his own show anymore. That's what I mean. Like he, oh, yeah. he, he's like, I'm too big for this shit. And then was never to be seen again. But he, made, he would have made so much money on that show. Well, I don't know how long he was on it for. Ages. Was he? I get him all mixed up. Well, he wasn't the first one. He was CSI Miami. Yeah, the cool one. Would he put on the, he would put on the sunglasses and it would go. Yeah. Every- yeah! <laughs> That's the end of that chapter. <laughs> yeah, basically. He, he had all those lame catchphrases. Yeah, what were the one-liners? Let's find out. I got one. So a guy has been impaled on an ice sculpture at a wedding. The coroner gives Horatio the setup. Says, shot in the light of day in a house filled with people. That's cold-blooded, Horatio. And our sunglass-wearing sleuth knocks it out of the park with, yes, Alex, it's cold. His eyes. Yeah! The kid wasn't in the balloon after all. He's probably hiding because he's scared he'll get in trouble. When his parents find him, I'm sure he'll be grounded. Yeah! <laughs> a guy killed in an alleyway outside a speed dating club. Once the sheriff has explained to him... Uh, what speed dating is, Horatio offers some advice. What he didn't know is that sometimes speed kills. Yeah! <laughs> we could go on, but I guess we won't. Um, that's a whole other podcast idea right there, just reading out Horatio lines. Um, he was an interesting character because he was uh, the most sympathetic towards our 
our anti-hero here, uh, but still, you know, a one of the it, guys, the guy that he's just—he wasn't part of the solution. Yeah, exactly. And you know what they say: if you're not part of the solution, part of the problem. You're part of the problem, and that's exactly what he was. And you know, he's exactly. Um, but would have been hard. Bad things happen when good people stand by and do nothing. Yeah, if you're there, <sighs> imagine the peer pressure, though. You know. Yeah. And I guess he was supposed to be the young guy too, so he's just been still indoctrinated into being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So he would have grown up to just be like Denny, I suppose. Oh yeah, but with a limp. Now. Well, maybe there's Rocky Six <laughs> crossover. Hope Springs Eternal. Yeah, I like that. Hope Springs Eternal. That sounds like a TV show set in spring. Yeah, because of the words. Hey, the stunts were pretty good in this movie. Yeah. So I didn't – so I read there was a bit of criticism about it being – you know, Roger Ebert talks about it being like pretty hard to believe but it's a, he's sly and he's so fit so he's believable. I don't know. That was the explanation. Yeah. I but mean it's definitely extraordinary it's, but I think it's believable. I didn't – yeah. I mean but is it by – is it because we've had 30 years of impossibilities? Oh, for us. Yeah. Like so we're just like, oh, of course, we that's so them, simple. Like, that's like pretty clean. I think it's – I was, yeah, I was, I, I didn't bat an eyelid. Yeah, the the jump was big, and obviously, he did part of it for real too himself. Oh, he's a real Jackie Chan type, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. What was your favorite stunt? For me, it was. Um, it's not. I know it wasn't the most dangerous one or anything, but in terms of just visceral, like, oh, moment was the helicopter with the gun and him hiding behind the tree. The way the helicopter would go to the other side and like come back over oh, this yeah. side and like it was. It was almost like a video game boss or something. Oh, and just, yeah. And, you know, even a stunt as simple as that these days would be CGI. Like it's just just the fact that you, everything's less, shaking and, you know. Unless Thomas Cruise was involved. That Thomas Cruise would, would be flying the right? damn thing. You heard of him? I heard of him. He knows his way around a helicopter. He saved Elizabeth Shue from dying from walking into a helicopter propeller. I heard that this week. In real life? In cocktail. R-I-L. I-R-L. In the film Cocktail. Yeah, which I'm I'm getting some pressure to. Oh, yeah, I've Le- never seen it. I'm ready. Liam's putting a bit of pressure on. I'm ready to watch that. I've never seen it. Okay, I know. Let's do it. Let's do it soon. There, I don't think there's a helicopter scene in it, but for whatever reason I think they were shooting something from a helicopter and they will go back to the helicopter to watch the what they just shot. And the rear propeller, when it's on, you can't see it. It's invisible. Yeah. And they watched it and, and, and um, Elizabeth Shue runs off like, oh, awesome, and runs off and the director – couldn't stop because he was strapped into the helicopter and Tom Cruise just fully tackled her, stopped her from walking into the propeller. It's been confirmed for a num- from a number of people. Wow. Yeah. That's so wow. It is wow, hey. Fuck, imagine if Elizabeth Shue died back then. Oh, and by, te- by that. that uh, that's Imagine seeing that. Oh, oh. That would have made him really fucked up. Oh, it's very uh, dangerous. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? The Sopranos. Do you remember when that guy, the new fancy Italian guy's in town and he's got the ponytail and he's got a thing with Mrs. Soprano? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. And they don't have an affair but it's like they're, it's in love. they're basically in love. Yeah. And then he's they're getting on a helicopter and the guy, like he's looking at Tony standing next to the helicopter and he's like so close to pushing Tony into the helicopter. Oh, you fuck, I that? forgot about I'm, that. You know, yeah, it's probably like I'm the almost ready for a rewatch. Yeah, I can't get Carol on board. I got Ara on board. We watched last rewatch was with Ara. Maybe I need to try a bit harder. I need a Ara hasn't got on board with a Y yet. That's the that's hard. That's a hard one for someone that's not yeah. actively interested. Mm. Yeah, um, we digress. We digress. 
But what is a podcast without digression, I ask mm. you? Yeah. Um, I did like the stunts. Uh, we talked about Stallone's acting. I, I don't know what else to say about it, but it was fucking good. Like the end? Let's talk about the end. Because that, fuck, man. The, fuck, it got me. I teared up. You did? Yeah, I did. I was watching it in here and there with the with the lights down and such, which is always a, more immersion, mm. net, net. Well, that's good. And um, at the end there, because, you know, he's, what I like about his performance throughout and what is rare from, from, from this guy is while he's kind of invincible on the outside, there's this vulnerability and there's these crazy eyes and mm. you're just like. Puppy dog eyes. Yeah. You I feel, think that's where puppy dog, the term puppy dog eyes came from. Yeah, not puppy dogs. No, 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 Sly. <laughs> no, I came from Sly, right? And um, <laughs> and then the rambling, <laughs> the rambling. Yeah, what? When he just starts rambling, when he breaks yeah. down and just starts rambling. When it's boring, say, guys, and this kid comes up, this kid going to Shane Bucks, and he says, uh, Shane, please, Shane. I said, no, he kept asking, yeah, and Joey said, yeah. And I went to get a couple of beers. And the, the box is wired, and he opened up the box, fucking blew his body all over the place. And he's laying there, and he's fucking screaming, there's pieces of him all over me, just like, like this. And I'm trying to pull him off, you know, and it's my friend that's all over me. He's got blood and everything, and I'm trying to hold him together. I put him together, his fucking insides keep coming out, and nobody would help. Nobody would help me say, I want to go home. I want to go home. We can just call my name. I want to go home, Johnny. I want to drive my Chevy. I said, well, what? I can't find your fucking legs. I can't find your legs. I can't get out of the head. I can't seven years. Every day Sometimes I wake up and I don't know where I am. I don't talk to anybody. Sometimes a day. It's mm. like he's not making any sense. Like it's not sharp dialogue. It's not like some, you know, it's real. It's not like some Aaron no, Sorkin the thing. The- it's just he's just talking. And I, I think it might have just been improv too because he's just like rambling and rambling and rambling and his voice is cracking. And, I you think know, he might have had talking points. Yeah, I'm sure there was some version of freestyle. Yeah, and he just over the top freestyled, and then just that whole breakdown there, which is you know in the alternate ending that they did shoot was where he he gets the colonel to shoot him mm. by holding his grabs the gun, grabs and the gun, and yeah. The button there. Um, but I feel like I, I get his rationale for not having that. That's kind of a nice. Because, yeah, if you're a Vietnam War vet and you're like, oh, that's that's the solution, like fucking mm. hell, man. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and I guess the, the flip side is if he did die, then it would have stayed, this this movie would have stayed pure <laughs> as a standalone yeah. piece of art. <laughs> Rather than a cash cow yeah. franchise. And you could still make something that is Rambo just under a different name. It's interesting. You know what I mean? Because I'm Cause sure. I still want those movies, don't get me wrong, but there's – they just connect. They could have been something else. Just prequels. Make it, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I'm like, why wouldn't you make a prequel? Like, that would make more sense. Make a prequel. I mean, last last blood would have been hard as a prequel because he was quite a bit older. Yeah, but earlier on, CGI. you probably could have done it. Could have done a couple. Because it doesn't make. The thing is, it's like this movie is. He's not a hero. I mean, he's a, he's a war hero, but he's like Frankenstein's monster man. And then, and it's a tragedy. Really, it feels like a tragedy. 
And then it's like the sequel's like, but wait, but what if Frankenstein's monster was a hero? <laughs> like yeah. it just kind of just with a big gun. Yeah, it's funny. It's in. Yeah, it is. It's it's a much like it's a much tighter package. Has if he dies. Yeah. And the other interesting comparison or criticism, I think, might have been an Ebert one, was if you compare it to Taxi Driver. Yeah. Um, it's inferred a lot that he's, you know, got PTSD from, yeah. from Nam. Yeah. But it's not, he doesn't sort of overly talk about his Nam experience and the damage it's done. But and it's it, there. Like that's definitely. Correct. So yeah. they're like, they're, what? Yeah, the point I think, the, I'm pretty sure it was Ebert, was saying that they did it more subtly because they, yeah. didn't, they didn't have to do that big soliloquy about, the you know, all the stuff he's seen. Oh, sorry, you mean Taxi Driver did it more subtly. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. So uh, he's saying because in Taxi Driver it doesn't really get talked about whereas he does this big piece saying how hard life is a return vet. But, but I'm like, yeah, but they're just different tomato, ways. Tomato. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think they're both valid. I get what he's saying, you know, the yeah. show, show don't tell, all that kind of stuff. But that's different. Like he's he's having a breakdown. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm with you. But And that's a good point too in that imagine if Taxi Driver had a sequel and he's now a fucking superhero rescuing orphans or something. You know what I mean? He's like. What would that be called? The first one was Taxi Driver. The <laughs> second one would be called Brickley. Bickle. 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 <laughs> Not Brickley. Bickle. Travis. <laughs> Travis. He runs around with a mohawk rescuing child prostitutes. Mm. It makes sense. With a cape. Yeah. Because, again, the end of that, it's like it's a weird ending. I can't remember the ending of that. Well, it's like he doesn't die, but it's also like, wait, is he – I didn't understand. Is he a creep or anything? Yeah, exactly. It's ambiguous. And this one's less <laughs> ambiguous because he walks down the street with that terrible music playing at the end. The music in this movie is great right until the end when they hit play on that song when the police are walking him down the street. Didn't they play Staying Alive? <laughs> they should have. That would have been an improvement. It was just the cheesiest song. I can't remember what it was. Many um, Rivers to Cross by Jimmy Cliff. It might as well have been. Hang on, I'll play it. So this is, you know, the emotional fucking moment. And then he walks him out. It's a long road when you're on your own. It just completely changes the tone of the movie suddenly. It's like an episode of Welcome Back, Cotter or something. I don't know. It's weird. And every new town just seems to bring if it was just more of the same kind of music, it would have, if it's just the score, yeah, like you don't need this. It was the style at the time. Oh, even, I don't know, man. I don't like it. Yeah, that's fair. I don't like it, Greg. We'll, we'll write him a letter. I'll uh, write him a very angry letter. In fact, I think they could have just ended it with the hug. You know, just end it there. The breakdown the co- pulls the colonel in. Finn. <laughs> Finn, oh, yeah. Go, oh, you got to have a Finn. Yeah. Um, in italics. Finn. Lowenstein. <laughs> it was actually interesting watching this so soon after doing Batman as well because there's some similarities there too. There's mm. this, this unprocessed trauma. Bruce Wayne doesn't know how to be a normal human. He only knows how to be Batman. Like he just wants to go out and like, you know, break some, crush some skulls. <laughs> <laughs> and Rambo doesn't know how to just be a civilian, he, you know. And Pio- Pinocchio doesn't know how to be a little boy. And Pinocchio doesn't know how to be a little boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when you, but when you think of it like that too, it's like uh, Rambo too is such a uh, 
I don't remember yeah. Rambo 2. Me, me too. I know that. Remember the the cover. Same. I remember there was billboards. Yeah. I remember just like a vibe. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah. It but was an important vibe. But that, watching this, it must be a tragedy, right? Like this, they've just sent him back. This poor bastard. <laughs> it's, it's pretty. It's insensitive. Yeah. Actually, there was a line. I watched the trailer because I wanted to familiarize myself. One with more that. time, Johnny. What, what was it? Where's the line? Line. It was something like, to most people, this is horror. To him, it's home. Mm. And it's kind of like uh, the inverse of the first one where, like, you know, going to a small town would be home for most people, but to him it was horror. I thought that was, that was interesting. Oh, ju- would you, was, was it a juxtaposition? Oh, perhaps. It was a, a little flip of the script, perhaps. Um, did you know there was a Rambo cartoon as well? Not just a, this. Yeah, so many. Uh, so many things. Yeah. It had the same music. Good. side characters, didn't he? I was thinking, yeah, how's he going to carry a whole series? Exactly. And if that voice sounded familiar, the narrator of the of the show, but I think it might have just been the credits, was Don, Don LaFontaine. Yeah, that was Don. And one of the side characters that they mentioned there was um, Turbo, voiced by James Avery, a.k.a. Uncle Phil. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the first cartoon to be uh, adapted from an R-rated film series, <laughs> which is quite controversial. And I've got a little, <laughs> little blurb from Wikipedia, which is funny. So the cartoon generated a mild controversy at the production studio with writers wondering how they could present a child-friendly main character who was created as a troubled Vietnam War veteran suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. A fair concern. Yep. Uh, well, some have alleged that the show used child psychologists who recommended that the cartoon not make any reference to Vietnam, POWs or Rambo's experience in 1982's First Blood and 1985's Rambo First Blood Part 2. The show's head writer Michael Chain denies this and instead states that this previous experience in producing children's programming led him to, led him to make sure that Rambo would not have an adverse effect on the psyche of children. Okay. Again, what would what would the fucking Travis Bickle cartoon look like? It's just kind of wild that it crossed over in this way. Mm. It's funny because it's uh, this movie. If you look at it alone, he's he's uh, he's an antihero more than a hero. He's a tortured soul. He's Frankenstein's monster kind of thing. Yet this movie would kind of be a pivot point in action movie history because then you get the Rambo sequels and then you get the Commandos and then you get the Predators and then you get the Diehards and then, the, you know, it's all kind of can mm. be traced back to this movie which is not like any of those movies. Mm. <laughs> it's fascinating. And cartoons. What the fuck? Um, it must, yeah, it's fascinating. The, I wonder how intentional 
the living of Rambo at the end was for longevity of character <laughs> yeah. for Stallone. The cynical part of my brain's like, of course. He's like, I don't want to kill off. But then his rationale made sense too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, he's always good at like. But like look at Rocky. He's obviously onto Rocky 3 at this point. That's true and he's so winning now. He's like fucking Ro- Rocky. Like let's just have another, let's do a franchise, baby. Yeah. That's this guy's, this guy's Does got Rocky legs. 3 have the robot in it? Is that 4? I think it's 3. Yeah, so he's already, he's already done it to Rocky. Mm. <laughs> Where, you know, the first ones, by the time you get to Rocky 3, it's very different. Yeah. Thing, yeah, but he's so probably you're right. It's in the back of his mind. Somewhat. He's like he's probably got a formula in his head. Somewhat, we'll make a good first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like in terms you, of a character, yeah. a, ta- a character that's kind of like a, you know, a franchise, a franchise, which is pretty fucking progressive, man. What do you yeah. have before that, Dirty Harry and shit? Like, yeah, this is uh, is the man knows what he's doing. Uh, this character won't be dying. Thank you. <laughs> Just give me that. I think a prequel would have been good though. I like a prequel idea. Yeah. I like a prequel idea. I like a prequel idea. But that wasn't the style at the time. It wasn't. Prequels came in the 90s more, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was like the Star Wars thing that really like was like, oh, a prequel. As in instead of a sequel. That that was at least the first time I kind of registered. Um, There was one layer to this movie that – the way Brian Dennehy reacts to this this guy entering his town, mm-hmm. uh, you may describe as overboard uh, a little, yeah. which I do. But I I think uh, there's uh, – I was looking into it because basically um, a few weeks ago I was listening to a, a podcast actually. I want to call it out because it was fucking good. It's this podcast that they just do war movies and it was very insightful. Mm. And they picked up on some things that – as an Australian and as an Australian born in the 80s, I was a little oblivious to. The podcast is called Friendly Fire and yeah. it's very, very good. They, they specialise in war movies. So check it out, Friendly Fire, good podcast. And they were saying how – because one part I did pick up on my own, thank you very much, <laughs> was it was probably there the whole time and I kind of, kind of missed it, was that Dennehy had his own war medals. He was a veteran too. Yeah, right. He had in, the, in his office – these war medals, yeah, like okay. framed and shit. And maybe there was more in the original cut or whatever, but he would have been from an earlier war, maybe the Korean War, that kind of thing. And the guys on this podcast were alluding to this idea that there was a bit of like a tension between veterans from different wars versus the Vietnam War. Yeah. And he was, the guy on this podcast was alluding to this thing of, you know, they smoked weed over there and there were hippies and well, come back the, with their long hair. And, a lot of, there's a lot of heroin as well. Yeah, right. And and I think there's something packed into the idea of being drafted versus choosing to go and like there's a bit of tension in there too, like are you a real soldier or this or that. I'm not an expert in this, so I'm more just kind of relaying what I heard, which is interesting. So is there some kind of like tension point there of, Oh, this fucking guy. He's one of those Vietnam like fake soldiers. You know, that kind of uh, yeah. they didn't do it like we used to do it kind of thing. Yeah. And then additionally I was looking into it because um, I'd heard that there was some kind of weird – basically people returning from Vietnam didn't get, you know, what people returning from World they War II. They didn't get a hero's welcome. They did not get a hero's welcome. And there's a few There's a few reasons for that. I don't know all the reasons. Um, I've only done some, some half-assed internet research on this one but – there's a few factors. This was the first war that 
was televised essentially. So you're seeing yeah. a lot more. World War Two. It's very easy to manage the narrative and make it sound all very romantic, and you know we're saving the world, yada yada yada, Captain America and whatnot. Mm. In Vietnam, you're seeing a very real version of the war on the, on the TV, very ground level. You're seeing shit that probably always happened, and you, you know yeah. it's it's pretty fucked up. There's a lot of people who are feeling confused feelings about the Vietnam War. There's protests, yada yeah, yada a lot yada. Of protests. A lot of protests. A lot of people believe they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Exactly. It goes. It's a long. It was the longest war at that point up until Afghanistan. It went from '64 to '73. War of attrition. Yeah, the war of attrition, and um, they were all on one year rotations too. So it's not like a whole unit came back at once or a whole massive group. It was all individuals coming back. And as those people were coming back, other people were being sent. So it wasn't really a great time to celebrate someone returning. There was just this ongoing rotation. Mm. So there was never a moment of like, yeah, let's throw a parade. And um, there was just a lot of negative sentiment around it, which I guess it's easy to say in hindsight But and after watching this movie, but it's just fucking crazy. Like most of the people didn't even want to go to war and they go to war and they do all these things and they come back and they get like spat on and shit. Like it's fucked. It's, it's fucking cool. heavy, man. Yeah. And I couldn't find, partly because I ran out of time, but a couple of, there's a couple of interesting points of view I found. One was on Reddit, just from some guy, because <laughs> someone asked this same question on Reddit, and this was the best response I saw that hits closest to to what I'm talking about here. Basically said, um, now as for the hating of soldiers that did happen, there was a lot of discontent with many viewpoints. Uh, there was an even split between what was called lifers those being service members, yeah. those being career service members, like career, not career, yeah. um, and those called draftees. So those servicemen selected to fight a war without enlisting, like I mentioned. Those lifers saying these young punks are going to, these young punks are going to get us all killed and these draftees saying they never wanted to be there in the first place and revolting against authority within the ranks. It was very disconnected war with small camps of like-minded people who did not trust people in other camps this led to a very low morality within the ranks. I mean, they're talking about within yeah. the guys at the war, but you yeah. can kind of see how that extrapolate that out and you got old Dennehy down there. Going, Magnifies this, it. This is one of those fucking long-haired jerks going over there smoking weed, doing dumb shit. Did have quite long hair. Well, it's interesting. It's like um, it's like when you watch old videos of the Beatles and they're like, they're getting shit about their long hair, air quotes. And I'm like, is that long hair? <laughs> <laughs> I had the same, because watching this, I didn't, I didn't really... Maybe because I'm also seeing movie star Stallone. I'm like, why do they think this guy's this guy's such a bum? <laughs> He's just got some <laughs> designer stubble and like it's yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's interesting. I wonder if there was more of that in the book. I don't really know, but uh, might be an interesting read. It's it might be an interesting read. You know, the or book's listen, maybe get an better book. than the movie. <laughs> hey, do you know do you know where Moz came up with the name Rambo? No. Neither. Huh. No, nah, just kidding. <laughs> I've got a little blurb here from our friends at Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. We support, like support. Yeah, donate um, two bucks. So Moz says he chose the name Rambo um, because he liked the sound of force um, of the name when he heard about Rambo apples. So there's a wow. a strain, what do you call it, a type of apple. Like Granny Smith. Imagine yeah. if it was Granny Smith. John Granny Smith. <laughs> John Fuji. Granny Smith too. <laughs> man, imagine if it was Granny Smith. Oh, man. She grew up in my area. We used to have the Granny Smith Festival. Oh, yeah, year. we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, down at Top Ride. Hey, did did you ever date Miss Granny Smith? 
Miss Granny Smith. No. Yeah, they had a beauty pageant every year. I think Kate Fisher was Miss Granny Smith once. I believe so. Yeah. It's very prestigious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, Moz came across this strain of apple. Strain. I don't know if that's – excuse me if that's – Fascinating. It's not the right terminology. I'm yeah, sure. I don't know. Breed? I don't know. <laughs> ger- ger- Format? <laughs> not very good with my flora or fauna. <laughs> Same. Um, so these apples, he came across them in Pennsylvania. Mm. Turns out they were named after a chap named Peter Gunnison Rambo who sailed from Sweden to America in the 1640s. Ah. And soon the name would flourish in New Sweden. New Sweden was a, a region of uh, America. Really? Where, New Sweden? Uh, yeah, where I'm assuming a bunch of Swedes came to. Interesting. Um, so that happened. Um, Rambo he had no named- last name. He had no first name. He had no first name in the book too. Oh, he was just Rambo. He was just Rambo, and then in the movie they got John from. It was a song I think about coming back from the war or something. So like, yeah, one of John Rambo. Mm, John, yeah. John Doe. Yeah, John Doe's for the bodies that came back with that. That's dog, true. Dog tags. Yeah, that's true. Get yourself a fish bash posh. Fish bash posh. You got one of them. There you go. So he's named after Apple. If you were wondering. Yeah. Now, there's probably a good tie-in for the people at Horticulture Australia to think about there. <laughs> it's to, hey, Horticulture Innovation Australia, the Rambo Apple, put a little uh, little head strap on there yeah, yeah. and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Writes itself. Writes itself. We can make like, instead of making jack-o'-lanterns with pumpkins, we can make little Rambo faces with apples. Yeah, a little angry. The ah. ideas just flow. Oh, it's crazy. Hey, the similarities with Batman don't end there. Because think about the first Batman movie, which we covered two weeks ago, and then the, the movies that followed. It follows a very similar trajectory. Go on. One of those franchises that just goes into ridiculousness. There's a few of them. I was thinking about it because there's also, was it, yeah, there's Batman, Bat- Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Yep. I wonder if, you know, one day Fast and the Furious will be explaining to our grandkids, you know, the first one, there were street races. Because, you know, now they're fighting dinosaurs on Mars or something. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah. whilst with not beams. yet conquering water. <laughs> not yet. Maybe but maybe water on Mars. Exactly. Someone's going to find it. Um, what was the other one? There was a few. Uh, Terminator. Not as not as drastic but definitely mm. follows a trajectory of getting really far. Evil Dead. Not Star Wars. Probably to a fault. <laughs> mm. They just keep making the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> With Jim Jam Bonks. <laughs> My godson's name is James and I now call him Jim Jam. Uh, hey, um, we talked we touched on the knife earlier. Oh yeah, we did. So that was the that was culturally significant. It was massive, wasn't it? Yeah. Like a guy in my year, I think Dale Farmer at primary school mum had one. Yeah. And we saw it. And like it was it's still fucking cool. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee day. probably topped it up a little too with the well, cultural significance. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I had the same. I had yeah, the question about this. So um, on the Google there was actually a fair bit on this. So right. apparently in 2011 or in, in 2011 an article in good old Blade magazine <laughs> um, by a chap called Mike Carter who I guess is a Carter. writer. Carter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you deserve that. Yeah, you deserve that. Yeah, he says that moral and the and the Rambo franchise um, had a huge part in revitalizing the cutlery industry, as it's known. It's known the knife games, the cutlery industry. Go Interesting, because when I was in America, they would call them utensils. When you got knife and forks, maybe cutlery is more specifically for things that cut. 
Well, because we call cutlery here. Yeah, Where's all, the cutlery? all of them. Where's the yeah. cutlery? It's, it's, a, it's an umbrella term. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't realise it pertained to stabby things. What yeah. does it pertain? What, what is it pertaining? What is it pertaining? Pertaining. So apparently he approached this guy, uh, where are we? Jimmy Lyle was the guy mm-hmm. that he approached for the first one and said, I want, a, I want this knife but don't deny it as a prop. Like he wants it to be like a, a utility knife. So I want it hollowed out. Um, so it's a, it looks like a Bowie knife but it's hollowed out. So it can store matches and needles and threads and things like that. Yeah. It's got a compass on the end. It's so like the American response to the Swiss, Swiss Army, Army knife. In almost like a perfect metaphor. America like- <laughs> is going to be bigger and sharper <laughs> yeah. and killy, more stabby. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool, man. This guy, Jimmy Lyle, designed this knife for Rambo and it went gangbusters. And like they sell um, right. they sell it on mass still. There's like all the replica ones from the series. Some As in like real ones too, like actual like, Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, right. not, not the plastic ones you got in, yeah. show, in the Rambo show bag, which I'm sure would Yeah, well, that's off. what I was – I was wondering if it was a show bag because – I feel like it was, wasn't it? Because the knife – and then also, man, you know you can't get toy guns now that aren't like fluoro colours. That's probably, probably a good idea. probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that crazy? Because we had guns that looked like guns. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> isn't it? And that knife, Wow. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool, like, cultural impact that sustained. Yeah. And that's not a knife. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's a bit shorter than. That's where that clip comes from. I played it in a recent episode where, uh, oh, not a, a while ago episode, where Arnold, there was some Rambo knife that Sly sent to Arnold and then Arnold right. said, This is not a knife. Now this is a knife. <laughs> this is what we use on Predator. It's just a little larger than yours. <laughs> but don't worry about it. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's delightful. Good oh, uh, bounce between those guys. Oh, they, they love it. And, th- you know, this is also where that kind of started too because Commando, I mean, Rambo... Where Rambo ended up going is, you know, kind of commando territory. Mm. This is where they started going neck and neck with the different things and the things. But you've got to say, I mean, looking at looking at the data here, Greg, this movie, Rocky One, Copland even, I think uh, Stallone may be the better actor and better writer. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Damn, he was a fit what dude, he wasn't he? Yeah, man. Fuck. Fit dude. Yeah, I was watching clips from like maybe even Rocky Two recently, and he wasn't. I mean, he's fit as a for a normal human, like fit than me, <laughs> but not like full lap pack yet. Mm. And here he is. He's yeah, he's very lean. Like he's he's running at very low percentage body fats. Yes, yeah. through these films, very low, very low. Like you know, it's well sub ten. That's extraordinarily low. Yeah, he'd be like five. But he wasn't. He wasn't huge yet. It no, was very no, cut, he hadn't. Though. He hadn't hit the gear. Yeah, I don't think so. I was about. To, I was just about to speculate. No, he has. Because when you get to Demolition Man and shit. Yeah, he was getting a bit older. Yeah. So juice up now. Yeah. Juice up, baby. Yeah, juice it up. I'm about at about. Until he comes age. to Australia and confiscate you take away your drugs. That happened, right? Yeah, he got his yeah. roids confiscated. Sorry, Interesting. pal. Interesting. Johnny Depp got his dogs taken. Sly got his roids taken. Why would you come to Australia? I don't know. No fun, no fun to be had either. Weeds illegal. State. Big spiders. Mm-hmm. Snakes. Snakes. No Viet Cong in the jungle. That's true. There's seldom. Yeah, less. <laughs> um, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Should we get into the verdict? Yeah. 
I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Man, this is, this is, I mean, I said at the beginning, this is one of my go-tos for anyone that's a sly denier. Just watch fucking First Blood. Mm. And this movie absolutely holds up. This is like a unwittingly, you know, uh, uh, a lot of the action movies of the era we covered can be traced back to the DNA of this movie, mm-hmm. rightly or wrongly, like movies kind of taking the wrong elements of this. Or, yep. Not wrong elements, but, you know, spinning it off. Into Blowing, it up. Blowing it up. Blowing it up. Literally and And let me caveat. Figuratively. I am pumped to watch Rambo 2. I just think it's unfortunate it's connected to this movie. It just makes me very sad for the character. Mm. <laughs> but the idea of just Stallone running around with a machine gun, I'm now I'm on board with. Um but just I wish it was something else. But anyway, uh, important film. This is like a must-watch. This is like an important historical text yeah, in terms yeah. of like if you just think about the era we cover, like a must-watch movie. This has got to be in there. Yeah, uh, it's 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 not it's very different to like a Back to the Future or something, but it's probably equally as important. You know, you could, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a handful yeah. of movies we've done like a Beverly Hills Cop, like a Back to the Future, like a Terminator Two, like a First Blood. Dare I say? I think it's right up there. I would give it four and a half stars. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How about you, Greg? I'm giving it four purple hearts. Four purple hearts, yeah, right. He doesn't have a purple heart, I don't think. Does he? He's got a medal. He's got a very long list of medals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll give it four. Um, it was strong. I didn't, I don't know, the ending, I get the ending. Yeah. I didn't, I think it could have been tighter. I for agree. that back half in town a little bit. I, I was less in. I liked it more in the jungle. Yeah, it was less. It's almost like it. You could have. Well, I guess in, on the one hand, it's like he's fully just lost it then, which is maybe important. But I wasn't. It was more fun in the jungle for sure. Well, fun's the wrong word, maybe. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Brian Sly was awesome. Brian Dennehy. I'm. A, I've said a number of Man, times. We've done three Dennehy movies in like <laughs> yeah. six weeks. And it good. makes me happy. We it still is have, great. and we still haven't done. The Peace to Resistance. He's very it's probably un- this actually, but uh, the Gladiator, the boxing one. Oh right, he's the um, well. He he's, he's been great. Um, getting some exposure to him has been great because he's been a very under the radar kind of fellow for me mm. in history. And now I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I love him. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Dennehy guy. Oh yeah, always have been. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a face, super emotive. Yeah, he's got. Well, we said in Romeo and Juliet, he doesn't. I think he's got like one line, maybe. Mm. He's got, got that gravitas. Oh, so much gravitas. Yeah. That's how he pulled Bo Derek, they say. Really? <laughs> the gravitational field. Um, did Simpsons do it? Yes, but it like, seems to just be a lot of random little references. Like Bart like, putting on a. Yeah. I couldn't or find Maggie, like Maggie a, putting on a red headband or something. Exactly. This, it's just throughout. Um, porn parody. Yes. Oh, yeah. Rambone. Ah. Oh. Pretty good. <laughs> Bechdel test. There's no females in this movie, is there? Uh, yeah, the lady at the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah. She was lovely. Yeah, she, she was a weirdo. Sad. sad. That was so sad. <laughs> it's a fucking sad movie, man. <sighs> yeah, you you watched this on a Monday night and you were like, oh, no, sun, Sunday. Like, this is not a I was like, I'm going to wait 
I'm going to give it a day. Yeah. Yeah. FX test, 100% all the stunts, all the explosions. Now recast these, Greg. I've done them for the first time in a while. I, I feel I like this one any, could be. It, oh, I'll try and see what I can come up with. Go. I've got a couple of different spins here. Okay, go. Well, there, there is an Indian remake. I will leave that one alone. I won't, I won't cast my favourite Bollywood actors just mm. yet. Um, when you think about a movie being made today, the way that was working off of the tensions and the cultural kind of uh, tension points at the time, today's one, dare I say, might be a little more racially charged. Maybe you have a Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. as a Rambo type, directed by Jordan Peele. Jack Black has a dramatic turn as the sheriff. Oh. Mainly just because his face kind of looks similar. There's, there's, a, there's a toadish <laughs> element. <laughs> It is toadish. Yeah, I mean that with full respect. Are you saying we should put Jared Rebecca in there? <laughs> Australian reference. Sorry, guys. Oh, um, no. Alternatively, the other idea I had was, you know, uh, Marvel has hit reset and all the X-Men stuff since it's come back from Fox. You could That's use it. this movie as a bit of a template for a Wolverine-type movie. It is a Wolverine-type movie. Yeah, you could imagine him coming back from the war and being misunderstood as a mutant. I think he did. It's almost close. Oh, he did all the wars. He did yeah. all the wars. Look yeah. at that sweet montage. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. But Kim, to make Kim. a real small movie with him. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that could work. They've obviously borrowed heavily. I think they have. Yeah. yeah they've kind of already out. done good it. Call they've out. kind of already done it. But it's a good, it's astute of you. <laughs> it's astute of you. Very astute. Yo. Yo. And that's all I got. Oh, that's good, man. Not bad. Who's your MVP? Uh, oh, man, I'm going to give it a good old-fashioned tie. Really? Yeah. I'm going to give it just alone. And the decider for me was the fact that it might be his best performance. Yeah, So maybe I'd give cool. him the edge. That's cool. And he did all those stunts. That would have been pretty painful. He broke a rib and whatnot. The guy that jumped the, in the car, like, broke his back or something temporarily. Oh. R.I.P. The stunts were insane. They were good. <laughs> it was it's a wild ride, man. Yeah, enjoy it, people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just put it on, get in a dark room. Yeah. Put your, put your phone down. Immerse in the jungle Important. with your phone John. Down. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a nice little – it sucks you, in. Sucks this you is, in. This is the kind of movie you need. It's our duty. It's your duty. Mm. D-U-T-Y. Yeah. To um, recommend it to people, it must be seen. It's one of those ones. It is. So have it, have it on, have it on your television, and and watch it while while you have it on your television. Yeah. Feel free to cut that out. <laughs> um, what have we got next in May Madness? Next in May Madness, I believe we have Mortal Kombat. Yeah. The film that goes really loud. Yeah. I can't remember all that well. Um, I've started watching it. Oh, yeah? It's a gas. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't watched the new one, so we have no reference point. Um, we may be having a guest for that one too, so look forward to that. And, um, you know, this week, of course, we Rambo week all week, so find us on Instagram at Double Impact Podcast. We'll be posting all kinds of uh, extra content, memes, and all the all the stuff you enjoy. Um, leave us a review if you haven't already. That, is always, that always helps us. Yeah. And um, be sure to check Instagram because Instagram is also where we'll be having all the entry details for your chance to win some merch and to win the highly coveted, um, was more than a prize, it's really a power, a superpower to choose your very own movie. 
for us to cover. Yes. Big. Huge. And we will add three of your talking points yeah. in freestyle over the top. <laughs> like yeah. Harry Mack. Yeah. Potatoes, Zeppelin and Honest. Go. Yo. <laughs> There's my snare. I need a potato. In my Zeppelin. <laughs> a Zeppelin is like a potato, I'm honest. Good night. Good night, bye.